are listening to Intersect, welcome. This podcast is dedicated to the celebration and promotion of the intersection of God, the world, and the church. My name is Matt Skolnick, and I am your host. I am also the executive director of MVP. This is a collection of about 70 reformed churches that span 16 counties in Eastern Ohio. Thank you so much for tuning in. I must tell you, every time I sit down in front of this microphone, I get more and more excited about our time together. So please do not forget to hit subscribe in your podcast player. Today we have a fun episode. I visit with Pastor Tabitha Williams. I am so proud of her. She has been in ministry for about 14 months, and from the very beginning, she started building relationships in and with her community. This is something to be celebrated and lifted up. Tabitha helps to lead, as part of this, a religious release time program with other churches and four local school children. The ministry is called LifeWise, which aims to teach children key lessons of the Christian faith through a grade school long comprehensive curriculum that spans from Genesis to Revelation. Think about it like Sunday school once a week during the school day. This ministry takes place off school property and is funded by local congregations, individuals, and businesses. Last academic year, Tabitha and other pastors, staff, and volunteers worked with over 100 children on a weekly basis in their community. To me, this is inspiring and it provides the opportunity to start thinking about next steps. LifeWise is a ministry to what I would call the crowd or the masses. After engaging the masses, which LifeWise is excellent at doing, church leaders would do well to ask, how do we connect to these families? How do we serve them? How do we meet their needs? The next step after that might be, how can we Get them into groups where we can laugh together, cry together, enjoy life together. And finally, how do we fully welcome them into a community of faith that is characterized by healing and wholeness and the salvation of God's kingdom? Well, I do not want to get too far ahead of myself, but for now, I want to introduce the concept of always finding a next step an easy pathway for people to take. We might not know, but it is extremely difficult to walk into a church. So, even if you have philosophical objections to ministries like LifeWise, and I suspect that some might, please value their ability to meet people at the intersection points of life. My concern is not so much that you would replicate LifeWise, but that you would be inspired by them and find out how God is calling you and your local congregation to get their hands, their hearts, and their feet into the community. So may God plant the seed of next steps in your heart. Also, if you have enjoyed our podcasts, please consider donating to the training and the commissioning of future church leaders who have a passion to connect multiple congregations from multiple backgrounds to their local communities. 
To do this, just visit intersectpodcast.org. Our organization may be Presbyterian, but we value working with the whole body of Christ. And believe it or not, the Frozen Chosen have recently called two Pentecostal leaders to be members of a ministry team who serve three of our congregations. So loved ones, the Frozen Chosen are thawing and God's grace is expanding. With this in mind, let's heat things up a little bit more. Tabitha, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good, we're so excited to be here. And you have a wonderful ministry that you are a part of. It's called... LifeWise Academy. LifeWise Academy. So you are a pastor in this local community. If I'm not mistaken, you've been a pastor almost a year. How long is it? A little over a year. A little bit it's over... a year in August. Okay, a little bit over a year. And so you, start, you must have started this right away. I mean... We did. We started in October of last year. So shortly after... Arriving to the city, I had some opportunity to be able to get personally involved in the community. Okay, so what we want to do is we want to just celebrate the connection between the church and the world and all the different ways that the church can engage the world. And this is a wonderful example about it. So why don't we just start off and can you tell me a little bit about the ministry, how it started, how you got involved in it, what's involved. Just want to hear your story. What's up? Awesome. So LifeWise Academy is a religious release program which allows um, the students to be released from the school during their special time, um, which is their extra like music and arts and things like that, um, once a week. Uh, we do Wednesdays, and it gives them the opportunity to be able to learn about the Bible during a normal school day. Um, this came to our community, like I said, in October of 21, um, the plans were to start in 2020, but with the pandemic, it kind of slowed us down a little bit. Okay. So we were actually able to launch last year. Um, we started the week after fair, um, August of 2020. Last year, we ended with 118 kids that came through our program. Oh my goodness. And so that's once a week on, in general, you'd have 118 kids who were here yep. for a period. So what happens is we have them for about 45 minutes. Um, minus the time that it takes us to walk them back and forth to class. So we have about 35 to 40 minutes with each child. Okay, and just for um, our listeners, as we were walking around the church building, we have two schools here, and they're really within a stone's throw yeah. um, of the local congregation. Yeah, they're about a 100 yards, 150 yards away. Okay, so. so that's real easy to get them back and forth, and it, probably even in the winter, it's not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. You have... You said 119 kids last year who were here. You're getting started this year and you're ramping up those numbers. Can you tell me, what is the goal of the ministry? So the LifeWise program is to, um, like I said, to get kids involved with knowing Jesus Christ and to um, read the Bible. Uh, LifeWise Academy is a five-year program. Um, and it's the course of the program will get them, if they start as kindergartners, which we hope every child does. Okay. If we start at kindergarten then they'll make it through Genesis, or they'll make it from Genesis to Revelations by the time they complete this five-year program. Oh my goodness. Okay, so, so they'll study the, the book of the Bible in the entirety. In five years. So as I think through this, you know, going back to when I was a kid, we had this outdated thing. I don't know. <laughs> Some churches still might do it. It's called Sunday school, right? I know that a lot of 
churches really struggle with their Sunday school ministry. And this is a way to kind of bring Sunday school to um, the local community. I'm sure it's not exactly like Sunday school. From your experience, what would be kind of the similarity and what would be the difference between the two? It's very similar to Sunday school. I mean, our purpose is to, um, you know, to get them involved with the Bible and to learn about it. Um, we do find that a lot of the children that come through our program are the unchurched. Okay. These are the children that um, don't know who Jesus is prior to coming. You know, their friends sign up and they're like, hey, let's do this. Or, you know, I don't want to do gym twice a week, so let's do this program, you know. Um, and we find that a lot of the kids come through the doors not knowing Jesus at all. Okay. So it's it's a great opportunity for us to be able to, to share Jesus in our community. Kind of the, the follow-up question to that is, do you know how many kids are in these local schools? So I'm wondering if there's like 10% of the school who's coming over here, or do you have any idea about that? So roughly, a rough estimate is each class has about 60 kids, okay. give or take, and we run K through six. So we're looking at potentially 360 or so kids. Okay. And to have 120 come through, you know. I'll say you're getting 25, 30% yeah. somewhere in there. That's so, amazing. So that's uh, really good numbers for a small talk community. Uh, oh, yes, no doubt. Why don't we talk about the structure of the ministry? I know it's kind of, it's a national or you can do it in different communities across mm-hmm. the country, but we also kind of have the local side of it. So let's talk about the, the national organization. Do you know how old the organization is, when it started, um, anything along those lines? I don't. Oh, you don't. Okay. I don't. Okay, but you do know a little bit about the the state of Ohio. Right. So tell me what you know about the state of Ohio. Last year, we started with LifeWise Academy in approximately 29 schools in the state of Ohio. The beginning of this year, we had 59 schools that were ready to launch LifeWise Academy or had LifeWise Academy in their program already. There are three requirements that are um, required for LifeWise Academy. The first one is that the children have to have parent permission. And that's obviously for safety reasons for them to leave the school. Parents know what they're doing. So they have to have parent permission. Okay. Um, The program has to be privately funded, which means that the school does not pay for any of it. It all comes from donations and sponsors in our community. And the third is that it has to be off-site. So we actually meet in the basement of a local church, which like we said is 150 so yards away from the school. So we meet in the basement of the Trinity Community Church, which is one of our local churches. Um, They've been kind enough to allow us the space. Okay, and so even though you're a pastor, this is not your church. Your church is really just another 200 yards down um, the way, but you guys partner together for this. Yes, and the the great thing about that is is, um, this partnership in LifeWise actually has seven of the 10 churches in our local community involved. Oh, that's amazing. So it's not just Trinity and the Presbyterian Church, but there's actually seven of us between Loudonville and Perrysville that help, whether it's volunteers, whether it's um, the leadership team, anything like that. There are seven churches represented in this program. That's, that's wonderful. And then you told me that there is a budget, and I think you said it cost about $50,000 to run it every year. Yep. So our budget for this year was $50,000, and that covers um, teacher cost. We have um, two full-time teachers, one that teaches our fourth through sixth graders, and then one that teaches our kindergarten through third graders. Okay. And when you say full-time teachers, you mean they're here one day a week? Right. It's for here. the full-time for the program, but right. it's not a full-time job. Right. Okay. They're here um, for that time. So our fourth through sixth grade starts at eight o'clock and they're done about, um, 
11.45. Okay. And then there's a small break, and then our kindergarten teacher comes in at 3, and she's, or 12, and she's here 12 to 3. Okay, wonderful. So you have the teachers, and then there's a lot of volunteers like you. Right. How yeah. many volunteers does it take to get this going? As of last year, we had 25 volunteers on roster. Oh, my goodness. Um, our morning, um, we can get by with about three or four. Um, and that's just simply walking back and forth. When we get to the afternoon kids, which are kindergarten through three, they require a little more um, okay. volunteers just because, I mean, getting 25 kindergartners, if any of you have dealt with kids, you know that getting 25 <laughs> kindergartners anywhere yes. can be a challenge. No doubt. So in the afternoon, we run about eight volunteers. Oh, wonderful. Okay, so you have a lot of volunteers. You have some paid staff who make it work. You have the local church who hosts it down in what I would call a fellowship hall, kind of down in their basement. Yep. And with that partnership of churches, to pay for it, do, is, does the money come from the churches as a whole, or do you have private donors as well? It's probably maybe a mix. We have those? a mixture. So um, some of the churches um, will obviously donate to help. We have done a couple of fundraisers. We did a bake sale um, where... We raised almost $1,500. Okay. Um, and then local businesses, and it's really a community that supports it. I mean, whether it's the churches or the businesses or just individuals in general. I mean, our community is very supportive of this. One of the things that I love about this particular ministry is that it does involve the community as a whole. Sometimes when we talk to churches, churches think they're small. Churches think they don't have a lot of money. Churches think they can't do anything by themselves. But like a Habitat for Humanity that pulls from a lot of churches, this is something that, that, that does take a community, right? which is great. So can you tell me a little bit about the relationship between you and the other pastors and how this particular ministry helps develop that? Yeah, um, we thankfully have a wonderful ministerial association here in the Loudonville Perrysville um, School District. Um, I came to town in August of last year, and my first day on the job, I was invited to do a prayer around the schools, um, which what we do oh is right goodness, before the school really? starts. That's yeah, beautiful. right before the school starts, all the pastors and local community will actually walk around the schools and we'll pray over the schools for the beginning of the school. So year. I just want to celebrate that for a moment. For those who are listening, you may or may not know if you go to a variety of towns, not every ministerial association is so collegial. So this is really, really a beautiful um, thing. And, they, and you said day one. Yeah, they day had one. you there. That's day one, it. I was in the office and I was already introduced to several of the other pastors and walked around the school and was asked to pray over it. And it was very welcoming. It made you feel welcome, which oh, is fantastic. Very good. And so then you guys work on this ministry together on a weekly basis on yes. some level. That's wonderful. Do you have any other contact with the ministerial association or how, how does that work? Yep. Um, is it like once a month meeting yep. type so thing? So we meet okay. once a month on Mondays, usually the um, first Monday of the month. Um, all the ministry or all the ministers in the area, both Loudonville and Perrysville, because we are a joint community, okay. um, meet together. And there are 10 of us. Um, there are 10 churches in our area. So we all meet together once a month um, and go over things that are happening at each individual church that we can support as a community. Okay. Um, and then we do several things together as a community. We're real involved in working together for the greater um, body of Christ. We do things like um, prayer at the pole. We've done um, some community Thanksgiving um, services. We've done, um, of course, LifeWise is a joint community. Sure. Um, but we do a lot to be able to support one another, not mm -hmm. just individual churches in our community. The beauty of all of this is I don't get a sense that there is unhealthy competition between the churches. And sometimes we see that. So you guys are working together on this type of thing. 
So from your churches, as they support you with this, and I know there's volunteers. Are there a handful of volunteers from your church? So we have three of us from our church, which okay. is pretty good number, yeah, seeing wonderful. that between the two churches together, I have about 20 normal people. So okay. to have three attend is Okay, and are they here once a week or once um, a month or it kind of usually, varies? It varies. Usually it's between two, I'd say between one and two times a month, depending okay. on availability. As you have watched them here, what can you think of a, a story or a time when you watch some of your people serve here that um, that just sticks in your memory, that's some, something that you cherish, something that you're thankful that has happened? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely seeing the interaction with the kids. Um, I remember in particular last year, because this year's fairly new, we haven't had many opportunities, but last year we had this one opportunity where there was um, a child that... Um, didn't know Jesus at all, and we were talking about salvation in the particular class, and um, this child was just really confused and just didn't understand. So um, we were able to get a small group um, of leaders um, and took her aside and actually sat down with her in a private room. Um, and one of our church members was one of them in that group, just to sit there and kind of go through all her questions and just mm -hmm. to be with her one-on-one -on -one and just to see our congregations and our church members be able to share the love of Christ with someone that didn't know yeah. Jesus was absolutely amazing. And I mean, we see some, some rough things going through this program. I mean, some of the kids in our program come from rough backgrounds and you see things that you would hope to never see. Sure. Um, and just the love and compassion that our, that our volunteers and our church members have for these kids that they can, come in and sit alongside of them and just you know to them they're they're nobody different they're just a child of god and that's hmm. truly amazing to be able to see and that's really the beauty of the ministry i know you have all the formal stuff you have the classes and whatnot but it's those um individual connections yes um that's a story that you you witnessed of one of your church members can you think of a, a one of your favorite memories or one of your favorite experiences or a connection with a, a kid that you've had in the past year that just really sits in your heart? Um, mine would have to be the, the overall level. Um, I don't usually get one-on-one um, -on -one time with some of the kids, um, as I do um, a lot of the background kind of work. Okay. Um, being the pastor on duty, um, so not only do I come and volunteer as a volunteer, but I'm there's um, three pastors on duty that will rotate throughout the month. And our job is to be here for those like religion type questions. Uh, so if okay, anyone see, has um, questions that, you know, a normal volunteer just might not feel comfortable asking any okay. theological type questions, then that's what the pastor on duty's responsibility uh, is. Okay. So there's always a pastor here that oh. can help support those kind of questions. Okay. So out of curiosity, are your teachers pastors or they're... They are not. Okay, okay, okay. They are not. Um, both teachers are youth leaders at um, oh, the Baptist Church in Perrysville. Okay. So they're both very involved with Christ, but they are not pastors. I understand how that works now. Okay. Yes. That's wonderful. Can you give me some examples of some of the struggles that perhaps that are revealed here that our local churches might not be aware? You know, and again, you know, these types of problems these struggles are in, in every community but sometimes when we come to church one of two things happens on one hand you know sometimes people who are going through some real struggles don't show up or on the other hand they just hide it 
you right. know, and so in either of those cases, sometimes the ministries of the church, I don't want to say miss the mark, but maybe they're blind to some of the struggles that are in our communities. What are some of the struggles that you have been made aware of through your ministry? So some of the struggles that we face in um, this community in general, um, we have a lot of mental health um, issues, whether it be um, addictions to drugs or depression or anxiety or anything like that. Um, we really have a, a huge need for that. Um, several of our kids come from broken homes. Um, we struggle with brokenness in our community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, parents are in jail, parents are away, kids are um, being taken care of by grandparents or um, in foster care or so our community is very broken in that state um, and the biggest struggle that I think we have as a community is the lack of people that know Jesus Christ um, and whether that be because of you know brokenness in the home where they're sure. not attending church or whether it be the kids in our community are um, involved in sports and things like that to where they're not attending church to a number of reasons. I mean, there's a myriad of reasons why kids aren't in church, but, um, but we do find that our biggest struggle is that we have such an unchurched population. And, mm -hmm. um, so how do we reach out to those is, you know, what we have as a ministerial association been struggling with for a while. And, um, so LifeWise Academy, when it was um, brought to the community's eyes was that perfect opportunity. This was our way to be able to to reach some of those kids and to be able to share that ministry. So just a little bit of evidence of how you are teaching the children some of the faith. We walked in and a class was going on. What grade level was that? They were the fifth grade. That was the fifth grade mm -hmm. who was there. And so they're they're the older group Right, or does it go up to sixth grade? We I go forget. up to sixth. You go to yeah. sixth. So it's one of your older groups, um, one of the more mature groups. But the teacher, I think his name is Matt, was talking about the Israelites and going through the desert. And he asked a question. His question was, and where are they trying to go? And I don't know how many kids were in there, maybe 10, 20, There's 15. About 12 of them. 12 of them, okay. <laughs> Nearly everyone said, the promised land. I was like, oh my goodness, guys, it's amazing to see that in a really a biblically illiterate society um, that we're passing on those stories. Yeah. Um, and, and those stories might not be the whole faith, but they help give some grounding to the faith. And as those students grow up, they'll be able to draw on those stories. I'm continuously reminded as I interact with people, even in our churches, we don't know the scriptures. Right. <laughs> At least in my family or in my generation, I think it was a, it was a little bit more prominent. We, we got that basic knowledge. Understanding. And yeah. it's from that knowledge that we learn and that we grow. Yeah. And the one thing I like about the LifeWise program is that... Um, like I said, they do make it through the Bible, but we t each week, um, the key focus is a what we call a character trait. Um, last week was all about faith. So that's when they first learned about Moses and the Israelites okay. and going to the promised land and how, um, you know, Caleb and Joshua told them to have faith and that, you know, they could do this and everyone else were that kind of, you know, down Debbies that, you know, were like, no, we can't do it. But, sure. um, so, so they learn the Bible stories, but then they can relate them to a character trait. And so, so I'm going to guess that's why we have the name Life 
wise? Yes. Is that right? Is tied to that character trait? Yes, the character okay. traits of life. So last week they learned about faith. This week was about persistence. Okay. And so they talked about um, Moses and the bronze snake and okay. how, you know, if we're persistent in, you know, our life and, you know, praying to God when we sin and, you know, all the things that we are persistent in life with, then we are able to live a life that is worthy of Christ. Okay. Amen. That is great. Absolutely great stuff. So as you look at this ministry, as you experience ministry, I would imagine you go home and you're tired. What is the the one thing that you're thankful for the most at the end of an average day when you're here? Being able to to get to know kids in our community. Um, I chose a small town community for my first ministry because I liked the feel of being involved in the, the you know, in the community. Um, so it's those, even though I don't get a lot of interaction with the kids, it's those small interactions sure. that, that make you grateful, you know. Seeing a kid have that aha moment when they hear something or, you know, when they leave jumping up and down that they can't wait till they come back next year or next week or, you know, just all those excitements that children have about knowing Jesus that, you know, if you would have saw them in the store, maybe a week ago, they wouldn't have known who you were or they wouldn't have known who Jesus was. And just being able to have that positive role model, you know, being to know that if this child sees me, um, you know, in the store, they'll know, you know, and I've had that before I've walked through, um, our local grocery store and some kid came up to me and they're like, Hey, I know you, you're one of the teachers at LifeWise. And to us, they think of us all as teachers, but it was just, it was that moment where it's like, you know, people remember you, you know, these kids, kindergartners remember who you are and they remember that, you know, you taught them about Jesus and it's, it's a powerful moment. So there's a couple things there that are beautiful. On one hand, I remember being a kid growing up in the church and I had a pastor and I, I looked to my pastor and I loved my pastor and there was always a comfort being around my pastor. With that being said, these kids have how many pastors? I forget how many pastors are involved. There's three of us there's on three a weekly of you. basis. I mean, so like they have yeah. well, on a weekly basis and how many total like throughout the year? Is it, is it all six or seven there's pastors come around? There's four of us okay. that are actively involved. Four of you. So um, they have four pastors. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that just multiplies yeah. kind of that, that, I don't want to say safety net or comfort. I don't know how to explain it, but it's beautiful that they, they have it there. Yeah, and, and the fact that they, they'll they see you out and yeah. about in, in the community, that's absolutely beautiful. I'm curious if I could fast forward you know, 10 years, 20 years, 15 years when these kids grow up, some of them are still going to live in the community. I'm really curious about how that plays out. Yeah. You know, you know all those different memories and all those, diff- those relationships that you built. And the gospel really is about the, rela- the relationship. It's really about the community of faith. And so we share a lot of information. We, we tell the stories of Moses. We tell the stories of King David and Hannah. And you just go down the list. But really that life-changing part of the gospel was those right. relationships. So they, they, get, they that get that with so many people. That, yes. that is absolutely beautiful. A couple more questions before we wrap up. One, let's talk about if a church wanted to try to set this up with other churches in their community, what would be the first thing that they do? The main thing is is that um, 
if a church is interested in starting this in their communities, they need to get involved with the schools because the schools are really where your kids are coming from. Sure, sure, sure. Because this is a religious release time during the school day, essentially, is what LifeWise Academy is. Okay. So you need to get involved with the church or the schools and find out if the schools are interested and in getting this, you know, up and going in your community. Um, but like I said, um, there are 119. Um, schools in the state of Ohio that are hoping to start this year. So okay. there might already be some background kind of going on in your schools. Sure. So just asking the questions, I think, is that first major step is just figuring out the interest level in the community and if there'll be support and then just finding out if, you know, the schools are willing to, you know, be involved and then how many other churches can you get to assist in this program. Sure. And um just knowing that you have that community involvement behind you is very important because this program can't run on its own. You sure, know? sure, um, sure, sure. It, it involves a lot of um, time and a lot of um, volunteers to make it work um, properly. But in the same sense, it's a wonderful ministry and it's a blessing to see what we've done in a year. No doubt. I mean, we've only been here for a year, but that to see amazing. what we've done in a year. So is kind amazing. of to put that into context, I, I just want to help churches kind of reframe how we think about ministry and how we count success. So as I work with different churches, one church might say to me, you know what, Matt, we have no kids. And then they're all upset. They're sad about that. There's a sense back in the day, there used to be 20 kids running around the church, that kind of thing. And then I sit down and I talk to them and I find out that they are the key reason that a city mission exists. <laughs> and they have 40 kids who come five days a week. Yeah. Um, yeah, and key people in their congregation are there. And I said, no, you have 40 kids. In this case, you don't have a hundred and is it nine or 19 kids. I'm running through your local building, right. but that doesn't mean you don't have dozens of kids right. that you're reaching and that you're impacting. And so it's really hard to reframe that sometimes as a congregation, but that's where we are right now in kind of the, the, the period of history. Right. Our ministry is ministry in the community. I, and the beauty of that is you know, Jesus didn't stay in the synagogue and wait for people to come to him. Jesus was out. Jesus right. was about. Jesus was building those relationships. And that's what you're doing. That's our biggest thing is is that, so Perrysville, the, the one congregation I serve, has about between one and five children on weekly attendance. Um, and then Loudonville is an older congregation and we don't have any children. But... Um, but LifeWise is an opportunity for us to get out and to reach those kids, whether it's the Baptist church that does it, whether it's the Presbyterian church or, you know, the Trinity Community Church. We're still reaching children. And no isn't doubt. that our purpose as, yeah. you know, children of God is to be able to minister to those in need. And however that needs to be done, it doesn't have to be denominational. And I think that's the greatest thing about this program is that we see so many congregations come together and assist one another that don't care about, you sure. know, where we worship on Sunday morning. Yes. You know, that doesn't matter to us. You know, we're we're a greater community and a greater body of Christ that, that work together. So just a little follow-up question. I can imagine in some fictitious church in some universe far away that someone would be sitting in the pews and they'd kind of cross their arms and they would say, oh, that's nice, but what do we get out of it? So what would you say to that church member? So what is you're, the, you're biting. <laughs> <laughs> what does the individual church get out of it? Yes. What does the individual church get out of it? 
bringing children to Christ. I mean, yes, it's nice to have children in our individual communities, in our individual congregations. But if we don't have that, then that doesn't mean that we can't go out and seek those in need in a different environment. Um, and so I would just, you know, share to them that, you know, we would love to have children in our doors, but for whatever reason, these people aren't coming to church. Like I said, many of our, our students are the unchurched. So for whatever reason, they're not coming to church and they might not come to church, but that doesn't mean that we forget about them. Sure. That doesn't mean that we're like, well, you know, they're not coming through our doors, so it's not important. I mean, because in all reality, the more that we minister to these kids and the more that they see that um, presence in their lives and they get to know us and see us, then they feel comfortable. And then maybe, you know, a year down the road, they will come to our church. Sure. So what we do at the end of every school year, we send home a bookmark with our kids that have all the local churches, all 10 of us, all our worship service times, sure. everything on there. So that way, if a child were to go through LifeWise and start to ask those questions or be wanting to be more involved in church, then they have that ability. One final question. I know I'm putting you on the spot here, so I'll just <laughs> name that right, <laughs> right up front. As you're involved in this ministry and you're making all of these contacts and you're building relationships with all of these kids in your community, do you have any sense of what a next step is for them or for how you might serve them or serve your family? And if you don't have an answer right at the moment, that's okay. I'm just curious. As a community, I mean, I think it makes us stronger, this ministry, um, being able to reach more kids. But on a personal level, I find that... Um, that I kind of get energized by hearing the stories in a different way. You know, sometimes, you know, when you get up to preach or when you study the ministries, it's like it, it speaks to you on your level, you know. Um, but having someone else be able to to present those stories on how they see them or on their level is just, sure. it's amazing. And it brings to light some different things that you may not have thought about before. And you're like, oh, it makes, you know, or seeing the kids ask questions about well, what did that mean? Or what does this mean? It, it truly deepens my faith. Sure. I mean, and it's, I mean, I, I never would have imagined that, you know, I could learn so much from a kindergartner, but sometimes <laughs> you do, you know, sometimes there are questions that, you know, just, you know, you might think, a normal person might think, oh, well, that's silly. But when you sit and think about it, when you ponder over it, you're like, wow, that was mm. a really good question. Like, yeah. where did that come from? And how do you, you know? So they truly deepen my faith. And, um, and I think that helps my family. And the fact that um, as a single parent, I've always wanted to be um, that positive role model. And, um, and I think this does this, you know, showing my daughter that... Um, that you can worship God and that it doesn't necessarily have to be in a church setting, sure. but that you can worship God and that you can do it um, on a grand scale. And that's the one thing that's amazing about this program. And so just being involved and, you know, bringing up the community to be um, 
a Christ-like community to be followers of Jesus. And so hopefully down the line that we don't have to deal with as many of those struggles that we talked about before, you know, as a greater community. If we can, you know, if we can root our children in the beliefs of um, the Bible and, you know, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and hopefully, you know, five, ten years down the road, we don't have to worry about those, those struggles and you know, kids will be in different places and a different understanding and, you know, they'll enjoy life sure. and they'll, they'll cherish life. And I think that's the best thing is just being able to, to not be afraid, you know, yeah. to not have to worry about, you know, what goes on and knowing that, you know, that you're protected and that you're loved for by Christ, I think is the greatest, you know, joy in the the biggest thing that I can ask for in the future for not only my family, but, you know, our entire community. Tabitha, that was a beautiful response. And in that you brought up your background, that you are a single mom. And so I would imagine that some of the kids that come through this ministry have single parent families. I mean, it would be hard to imagine that that's not the case, right? Yeah. Okay, so if you were to put yourselves into a single parent's shoes of a kid who was in LifeWise, what, as a single parent, would be helpful or what would be a, a good step or a need that could be met by the larger group of churches um, or by one church or by um, a small collection of Christians that could bless those single parents? Just, I mean, as single parents, our biggest thing um, for most single parents is just uh, having time, having time to do, you know, whatever, Um, you know, most single parents work one, maybe two jobs to be able to support their family. and the local churches can assist with, you know, being there, um, providing um, maybe someone to sit with little Johnny after school, okay. you know, for an hour if that's needed. Or um, sometimes financial support is needed. But um, a lot of time it's the, the church as a whole, the thing that they can do to support single parents is just providing programs for their kids to be involved in you know a lot of um single parents don't have the extra time to get their kids involved in maybe extracurriculars or whatever because they're working all the time and just having a place where their kids feel safe that they can go when you know mom's working and i need you know someone to talk to or i need you know someone you know just to to be with um you know and it can be anything. I mean, it can be just someone that's willing to, you know, write letters back and forth that makes a child feel like, you know, mm. they're cared for or, you know, having a program at the church for a couple hours after school where the single, you know, the kids of the single parents can come and you color with the kids or you play board games or you just just be present in those. The reason that I ask that question is I find that congregations have a real hard time with kind of a next step philosophy. Like what what else can we do to add this or kind of multiply or help welcome people into the community? And what you said there, there are a lot of relatively simple things congregations can do. So you, you said, you know, just sitting with the kids after school brings up um, to me that, you know, maybe 
a little homework study session. I don't know what you call it. You know, after school right. that, you know, if you had four or five people who show up once a week and just give homework time to a community kids, that would be a great follow up. Yeah. It uh, doesn't have to be anything complicated. No. I mean, very simple steps that require not much time or energy, but just, I think the biggest thing is being present. Sure. Being present. Being present. I'm sure being a single parent is exhausting, right? <laughs> You're working and going to school or get all, raising the kids and all sorts of stuff. Even like once a month, single parents night out, you allowed some babysitting at the yeah. church, you know, to take care of those people. This reminds me, I was working with a, a church in a different state a while back and we were t- talking about... About, I don't know how it came up the need there was this great need in that particular area for people to go and hold babies in hospitals especially um, babies who had born addicted to drugs okay and this little, little old lady who must have been like 176 she kind of perked up she said oh I could do that yes. <laughs> you know like so it just reminds me there's also you know even if our churches if the people in our congregations are older there are things that we can do to love and to bless and share Christ's faithfulness with them in our communities. Oh, wonderful. Well, Tabitha Williams, Pastor Tabitha Williams, thank you so much for taking the time to talk through this. Before we wrap up, is there any final thoughts that you would want to share? And if not, that's okay. Nope, I think we're good. Thank you so much for coming. My pleasure. Why don't we close in prayer? Oh, merciful and gracious God, we thank you so much for this ministry. We thank you for Tabitha and Matt and all the adults and pastors, staff, volunteers who are involved. We thank you for all the churches who supported and for all of the kids who are able to come through here. Lord, we ask that it would be a safe place where they can experience the love of the body of Christ and where they can learn more about you. Lord, we ask that as we move forward as these kids grow up that they would just be blessed with your goodness your faithfulness your love and your grace in the name of christ jesus we give thanks amen amen as you can see tabitha is quite a blessing again i am so thankful for her early steps in ministry and i look forward to seeing where god will take her and how she will continue to serve As a reminder, it is a passion of mine to help churches and leaders figure out their next steps in ministry. For Tabitha, LifeWise is a strong and a faithful first step to engage one's local community. If you would like to talk about options in your area, I would love to spend some time with you. But remember, there is always, always a next step. A step from the crowd to the fellowship to the community of faith, to a life of gospel-inspired service. If you want to reach out to me, please write matt at intersectpodcast.org. Finally, I am looking for some individuals, churches, businesses, or organizations to help fund ministry internships that focus on three key areas. First, We are trying to raise up leaders to focus on organizational leadership and mission alignment. Second, we want to raise up these individuals to be able to provide spiritual nurture, teaching and care. And third, it is imperative 
that we raise up leaders who are focused on community ministry and engagement. If you would like to talk to me about this, please also reach out to me. Or if you want to donate, please visit www.intersectpodcast.org. Again, thanks for being with us. Thank you for your faithfulness and thank you for all the ways that you serve Christ. May God bless you, may God keep you, and may God's face shine upon you as you not only receive the blessings of Christ, but carry them into the world.